and welcome to our summer podcast here at The Voice of the Arts with your host, yours truly, Joe Weber. We're going to kick off this podcast with Jackie Mason and his search for who he really is. Still staring at me. I told you before, I don't care if you laugh or not. I'm not saying this because I'm an arrogant person. I don't say it out of arrogance. I say it when I say I don't care if a person laughs or not. It's because I know who I am. That's the trick. The great trick is to know who you are. Most people don't know. Thank God I know. I didn't always know. I'm not ashamed to admit it. There was a time I didn't know who I was. I went to a psychiatrist. I did. He took a look at me right away. He said, this is not you. <laughs> I said, this is not me. Then who is it? He said, I don't know either. I said, what do I need you for? <laughs> he said, to find out who you are. He said, together, we're going to look for the real you. I said, if I don't know who I am, how will I know who to look for? And even if I find me, how will I know if it's me? Besides, if I want to look for me, why do I need him? I can look myself. <laughs> or I can take my friends. We know where I was. <laughs> Besides, I said to myself, what if I find the real me and I find that he's even worse than me? Why do I need him? I don't make enough of myself. I need a partner. Ten years ago, I've been glad to look for anybody. Now I'm doing good. Why should I look for him? He needs help. Let him look for me. <laughs> he said, the search. He said, the search for the real you will have to continue. That'll be $100, please. I said to myself, this is not the real me. Why should I give him the $100? <laughs> I'll look for the real me. Let him give him the $100. <laughs> what if I find the real me? He don't think it's worth the $100. <laughs> then I'm stuck buying money with the real him. I said to myself, for all I know, the real me might be going to a different psychiatrist all might even be a psychiatrist himself. I said, wouldn't it be funny if you're the real me and you owe me a hundred dollars? I said, I'll tell you what, I'll charge you fifty dollars, we'll call it even. Like a very much a Kolki Buchek. You know Kolki Buchek? Bing bang, bing bang, bing, ding, ding. Cheat on me, you pay with your life. 
You Be My Wife, sung by the brother of Sasha Baron Cohen and part of the soundtrack of the Borat movie. I'm not sure why Sasha Baron Cohen decided in particular to pick on Kazakhstan as his model of a primitive patriarchal backwater. It was the nation, when the country was part of the Soviet empire, where enemies of the state were sent for internal exile. Usually, the exiles were the surviving spouses and children of people that Joseph Stalin decided to have put to death. Many still see Russia as a threat, but a few years back, someone showed me the prestigious Red Army Choir performing a song titled Sex Bomb that achieved some success when first released by Tom Jones, the Welsh singer and 70s heartthrob. I urge you, I implore you, after hearing a minute or two of this performance, that you immediately go online and find it. After watching it, I think you will agree that this is a nation that sorely needs a new minister of culture. Tattoo by Jack Handy. Recently, I got a sex change on a whim. I was out drinking with some friends, got really drunk, and went in for the surgery. The doctor suggested I wait until I was sober, but I said no, give me the sex change. Well, to make a long story short, so to speak, I woke up with breasts, a vagina, and a splitting headache. Also, I had a tattoo. I don't remember where I got it, but there it was. I was a woman for several weeks. The people at work were nice about it, but to tell you the truth, I didn't really have time to enjoy being a woman. I was swamped with projects. Finally, I decided to go back to being a man. For one thing, I hadn't thought about how you need to change your whole wardrobe. When I went in for the second surgery, I asked the doctor if he could also remove the tattoo while he was at it. He said, but since you're going to be a man again, wouldn't you like to keep the tattoo? I said, no, man or woman, I didn't want the tattoo. I woke up from the operation and I was a man again, but get this, I still had the tattoo. I thought, am I crazy? I confronted the surgeon and he said he thought we had left the tattoo part undecided. Now that I was a man, I felt like punching him, but I didn't. Instead, I just made an appointment to come back and get the tattoo removed. I should have been suspicious when I went back for the tattoo removal and they put me under full anesthesia because when I woke up, I was a woman again, but the tattoo was still there. They said it had been a mistake, and to make up for it, they would do my next surgery for free. 
I didn't know what to do. I became depressed. I started getting hounded by my insurance company. They had covered my sex change operations in full, but they said they didn't cover tattoo removal. But I didn't have a tattoo removed, I told them. They said they had already paid my doctor for one by mistake, and now I had to reimburse them. I called my doctor, and he said he hadn't received any payment for tattoo removal. I was so mad I felt like suing someone. But who? My drinking buddies didn't have any money, and I had no luck tracking down the tattoo parlor. I gave up. I started hitting the bars and sleeping around. I don't even remember if I was a man or a woman at that point. I felt a little cheap, so maybe I was a woman. Then one night, after some meaningless sex, I noticed a photo on my wall. It was Godzilla. And I thought, that was a pretty good movie. I should watch that again sometime. Then I saw another photo. It was me without the tattoo. I looked so, so incomplete. Something clicked in my head and in my gut, or maybe my uterus. I hadn't realized it, but I liked the tattoo. I was a tattoo person. I called my doctor and told him the news. I wanted to get another sex change operation, but I was going to keep the tattoo. He said I was crazy. Yeah, I said with a smirk. Crazy like Godzilla. You've been listening to Tattoo by Jack Handy in a collection called What I Would Say to the Martians and Other Veiled Threats.
We just heard the Bessarabian Cosidal, performed by a great klezmer group called Capella. Very good, but very short-lived. One of the few that had a tuba instead of an electric bass. And prior to that, we heard the Musings on Gender Dysphoria, written by Jack Handy, who worked at the Writer's Room at Saturday Night Live for many years. He created the skit Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer, which starred the very talented Phil Hartman. 100,000 years ago, a caveman was out hunting on the frozen wastes when he slipped and fell into a crevasse. In 1988, he was discovered by some scientists and thawed out. He then went to law school and became unfrozen caveman lawyer. He used to be a caveman, but now he's a lawyer. Unfrozen caveman lawyer. Brought to you by Dog Assassin. When you can't bear to put him to sleep, maybe it's time to call Dog Assassin. And by Big Fat Bean. Why eat hundreds of little beans when you can eat one big one? And by Clyde Baxter. If you're on his jury, won't you please vote not guilty? Clyde would appreciate it. And now, tonight's episode of Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. Mr. Keyrock, are you ready to give your summation? It's just Key Rock, Your Honor, and yes, I'm ready. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'm just a caveman. I fell in some ice and later got thawed out by some of your scientists. Your world frightens and confuses me. Sometimes the honking horns of your traffic make me want to get out of my BMW and run off into the hills or whatever. Sometimes when I get a message on my fax machine, I wonder, did little demons get inside and type it? I don't know. My primitive mind can't grasp these concepts. But there is one thing I do know. When a man, like my client, slips and falls on a sidewalk in front of a public library, then he is entitled to no less than $2 million in compensatory damages and $2 million in punitive damages. Thank you. The jury will now retire to deliberate. Your Honor, we don't need to retire. Keyrock's words are just as true now as they were in his time. We give him the full amount. Did you hear that, Mr. Keyrock? Hang on a second. I I'm sorry, Your Honor. I was listening to the magic voices coming out of this strange modern invention. This has been Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. Join us next week for another episode. Here's a scene. Stewardess, could you give me another drink? I'm sorry, sir, but the chief steward says you've already had enough. But you don't understand. I need this drink. I'm a caveman, and I'm frightened by your strange flying machine. So get me another douche and water punch, okay? I'm sorry, sir. 
Listen, I'll sue you and your whole crummy airline! Next time on Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. Well, our Bob and Ray staff has been busy on fall features for the past week, and one of those which you have requested most is the Webley Webster Book Review, which, of course, has been quite popular in the past. And, Webb, I am looking forward to a fall and winter of great books uh, brought to life in vivid description by you on these weekly visits. You, you put it real pretty, Bob. Well, as you know, in the fall season, most of the publishers go to work. They get out a lot of books in the fall because people are back inside the house and they read. Webley uh, suggests that people in the fall uh, are ready to settle down and read a good book now and Oh, then. Bob, you don't have to translate for me. Well, people thought, know what I'm saying. Uh, maybe it was a little difficult for some That gets them. my goal. I don't know if I've ever told you that. All right, well, I won't But do every that. time I say something, <clears throat> you say, what Webley means to say, ladies and gentlemen. Well, all right, they know what I'm saying. We're taking all the time now. Let's get What book have you got to review for this week? The Fanny Farmer Cookbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, then would have to do with food, and what recipe do you like best about... Well, there's so many wonderful recipes. I think on page 20, though, is the most interesting part of the whole book. Uh-huh. This ship is at sea for about four or five days. Uh, and as we look in on them... Ship at sea for in the Fanny Farmer cookbook? That's why. You, sh- you sure you have the right book? You're reviewing the right one? Look, you mind your business and all my mind. But I see on the Webster players over there. What are they? They're here to dramatize the what I think is the most interesting part of the book. Sort of to what's your appetite? a cookbook, huh? Well, that's what I'm going to do. All right. Page forty-eight. Then it's shortly after four bells, and the ship's at sea for about eight days. And we look in, and you sent for me, Captain. That's right, matey. Take a look at this here chart. Why, sir, you got the chart upside down. Why, you... No, no. You'll keep a civil tongue in your head when you talk to the good captain of this tub. Digging your pardon, Captain. I I just took a quick glance at at the chart there. I want you to take a good look at this chart, matey, and tell the captain where we are. Well, if it were me, sir, I'd say we're about 200 miles south of Hatteras, sir. What do you mean, if it be you? What kind of lingo is that to say to the good captain? Will you ask me, Why sir? Well, you. Oh. Oh. Get up off the deck, matey. Try to keep a civil tongue in your head. Now Be- then. Begging your pardon, sir. What be we have to eat? Well, we got some corned beef below, sir. A bit of blood pudding. Yeah. And some pilot crackers. Why, you... That's no bill of fare to recite to the cap'n, mate. Now get ye out of here. Aye, aye, sir. So, that's pretty exciting, isn't it? Oh, it's exciting, yeah. That's a Fanny Farmer cookbook. Get it at any bookstore, Garrett. On the 14th of February, we sail from the land. In the bold Princess Royal, bound for Newfoundland. We had forty brave seamen in the ship's company. When bound from the eastward to the westward sailed we. Well, we had not been sailing scarce days, two or three. 
When the man in our mast had strange colours spidey They came bearing down on us far to see who we were And under a mizzen black colours she wore Oh Lord, cried our captain, what shall we do now? Here comes a bold pirate to rob us, I know. Oh no, cried our first mate, that never shall be so. We will shake out a reef, boys, and away we will go. Then this bold pirate, he came alongside. With a loud speaking trumpet, whence came you, he cried. Well, our captain being up, me boys, he did answer him so. Well, we come from fair London and we're bound for Calio. Then back your main topsail and bring your ship to. I have a long letter to send on by you. When I back me main topsail and I bring me ship to. In a harbour not alongside of you Well, they chased us to the windward all through the long day They chased us to the westward but could make no way They fired shots after us but none could prevail For the bold princess royal she showed them her tail Thank God, cried our captain, now the pirate is gone. Go you down to your grog, boys, go you down, everyone. Go you down to your grog, boys, I and be of good cheer. While the princess has sea room, brave boys, never fear. Well, go down to your grog, boys and girls, and be of good cheer. The Bold Princess Royal, performed by the Starboard List. (laughs) Folks, that's going to do it for this podcast. This is Joe Weber saying so long from the Voice of the Arts. Thanks for listening.